Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to a monthly edition of Media Matters for Anfield Index. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a sunny but slightly overcast Edinburgh where it's a nice 15 degrees here. And it's my absolute pleasure to say we're joined by the renowned, the respected Bundesliga and world football expert, Raphael Honigstein. Raphael, how are we? Very well. Thank you for your very kind introduction. Brilliant. Well, we, we thank you very much for giving up your time. And you'll probably guess our viewers, our listeners have got about 8 million questions roughly that they sent through around hot topics that we've normally got on the show, such as Jörg Schmacker, the Jude Bellingham situation, anything related to the Bundesliga and Liverpool. So it probably makes sense to jump straight into the main topic that the sporting director situation at Liverpool, we've seen quite a few names linked from the Bundesliga and you'll have to mind my pronunciation apologies here but Tim Steiden from Leverkusen or previously at Leverkusen was linked we've also seen Marcus Crozier the, the Frankfurt sporting director but the name that's sort of fallen into focus recently has been Jörg Schmacker so it kind of broke Raphael recently very recently in the the UK and naturally there's been a, a thirst from Liverpool fans it's fair to say around who is Jörg Schmacker? What can we find out about him? And most people will have been referencing your exceptional article in The Athletic recently. So without almost wanting to go in recapping everything, for Liverpool fans, for those who haven't seen the article, and if you haven't, it's definitely well worth the read, who is Jörg Schmacker, would you say? Well, Jörg Schmacker is somebody who has um, been synonymous with the Bundesliga, really, in the last uh, 20 years or so. Very high-profile jobs. Uh, very successful jobs, uh, taking Aachen to uh, a German Cup final into the European football, tremendous success. Um, Hanover, same, into UEFA Cup. Köln, the same, UEFA Cup. And now Wolfsburg, his last job, uh, taking over a side that was sort of fighting against relegation the year before, consolidating them and taking them into the Champions League once more. So somebody who's uh, well-regarded, who's been a success everywhere he's gone, who perhaps doesn't have the reputation as, uh, you know, a 
somebody who identifies superstars because he doesn't really work with that kind of budget. Um, and buying and selling players hasn't really been so much a feature of the clubs he's been at. It was more a case of what can we do with the money to give us the best possible chance of having success on the pitch. And he delivered that uh, as the responsible figure, not just for the transfer market, but also for hiring um, coaches and coming up with the overall strategy uh, for the club. So in Germany, sporting directors, much more powerful figures, uh, the most important people in every club, people who set all the conditions, who set all the targets and who hire uh, the coach, uh, unlike in England where sporting yeah. directors are almost sort of a um, a lesser job uh, underneath the manager in many in many sp- in many t- uh, places. Uh, it's also a very public role, unlike in the Premier League where you never hear from sporting directors. Uh, which explains why he uh, has a reputation for being very outspoken, uh, a little bit gruff, a little bit ill-tempered at times, because we've seen many interviews over the years where he was very forthright, very honest, especially if he doesn't uh, like something, he didn't get along with someone, he would make that quite public, which has given him a reputation of somebody who is uh, not always easy to work with. But uh, this is the last thing I should say. Uh, people who know him well say this is only part of the story. Uh, behind that public persona, there is also uh, a really smart guy, a very clever guy, a very funny guy who um, is nearly as difficult to get along with as it as it might seem from from his public uh, appearances. Wow, yeah, and and that was one of the the things that we'd seen is probably the the way our viewers, our readers have phrased it, is a a strong personality. And the natural question on the back of that, with him being a strong personality, has there been discussion in Germany's around how that will coexist, if that's the right phrase, with Jurgen Klopp? Because Klopp, a well-known strong personality, almost holds a lot of power, if that's right to say, at Anfield. So how is it seen in Germany how that power structure will work, it sort of coexist, if that's the right phrase? Well, it's going to be new for Schmatke because he was the most powerful figure in his in uh, in his last four jobs in uh, in the Bundesliga, and it's not going to be the same dynamic. Um, we are yet to find out what the exact nature of this arrangement is. Is it a long term appointment? Is it uh, more short term? Is it more of a consulting role, trying to do a specific job now with this transfer window? So. Because there's so many variables that we don't have the answers to, I think it's hard to speculate how the relationship would work. But one thing I would say is that Klopp is very careful when it comes to surrounding himself with uh, people he thinks he can get along with, but also people he thinks are good enough to do the job and uh, will help him do the job. And I think in this specific case, Klopp obviously felt that he needed someone to do uh, the kind of things that need to be done, especially in this transfer window, where Liverpool perhaps a little bit short on experience, short on somebody who has the uh, the know-how and maybe the charisma to drive things through in conjunction with Klopp. But uh, if Klopp didn't feel that he would have a good working relationship with him, I don't think Schmatke would be up for discussion. So for Klopp, it seems to be um, workable. So I think we just have to stick with his opinion at this point. Which makes complete sense. And 
naturally as Liverpool fans, we are a, a bloodthirsty bunch. We love to find out information, gather as much as we can. And there's almost, the, if you look on social media, a, a split that they may be concerned with his history of falling out with certain players and coaches speaking his mind. But on the positive side, as, as you mentioned there as well, his previous track record at clubs and almost, as it would say, making the best use of the resources available and making the teams almost more than the sum of their parts, so to speak. Would you say that's his real strength, what Liverpool are really trying to tap into, that experience and that skill in wise investment, making teams more than the sum of their parts, so to speak? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yes, but my sense is that Liverpool will only buy partially into that because his role was so big when it comes to uh, really running all aspects of the footballing uh, business, really, for these clubs that I think uh, we will only see a fraction of that come into play in this in this connection with, with Klopp. I think it'll be much more... Uh, of a narrow role, uh, both in terms of the time that he's going to spend on it, but also in terms of responsibilities. So I think it's hard to necessarily um, transpose his experience and think what might happen in Liverpool. I think it's a different job. Of course, uh, his his know-how, his network, his eye for player, his ability to relate to people will all come into play and will all explain why he's in contention in the first place. But I think he cannot, it's almost incomparable to think about the job he did at Aachen, taking him from the second division to the German FA Cup final, and the job that he'll have to do with Liverpool in this transfer window. These are, uh, they're hardly the same. Um, so I think it's hard to, to read too much into it. Um, when it comes to the public persona, what I would say is that because the role, I, in my imagination, will not be publicly facing. I don't think we'll necessarily see that side of him at all. Um, it might come to the fore when there's disagreements with those around him uh, that he can be quite outspoken and combustible, but I don't think it's something that uh, the wider public will, will ever see necessarily. So uh, I wouldn't really worry about that that too much. Um, and the question is really, for me, can he work with existing within the existing structure of Liverpool? Because... I don't think he's going to be expected to uh, completely change direction and bring in all sorts of new people and change the way that Liverpool identify targets. I think it's more to do with um, getting feet on the ground, trying to make things happen, trying to negotiate, trying to maybe um, talk to players in a way that uh, will enthuse them about the project. Uh, Klopp does a lot of these things, but... Even he can't do it all by himself. So I think Schmatke in those aspects will be a big, big help. 
Um, but again, I don't think necessarily what happened at places like Köln and Hannover with the kind of caliber of players that were signed then will really give us too much of a clue of what's going to happen at Liverpool. I think Liverpool as a club uh, will have certain targets and I think Klopp will expect him and everyone else uh, to make make that happen, not necessarily change uh, the way that business has been conducted very successfully over the last seven years or so. Well, yeah, so it'll be an interesting watching brief to see what happens and how that develops that good stuff. And I'm sure another question or another topic you've been asked quite a bit about over the last few, maybe even year or month, so to speak, is the Jude Bellingham situation. This is one that is a hot topic. I think it's fair to say stories, dependent in which part of the world you're from, will, will come out regularly. And the the latest ones that, that we've seen develop, Raphael, are around Real Madrid's interest and the suggestions there potentially in pole position for that move with Liverpool potentially dropping out, if that's the right phrase. I suppose the, the easiest question is, maybe not the simplest answer, what's the latest coming out of Germany around the, the Bellingham situation? What's the latest that you're hearing on that? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, actually, very little is coming out of Germany because Dortmund have not been approached by any of the potential buyers uh, with an offer. They are aware that Jude Bellingham and his people are talking to clubs. Uh, They're not naive about the situation. They are aware that uh, this summer is probably the the best time as far as maximizing the value is concerned when it comes to selling him. They wouldn't like to keep him on and then lose a lot of money if he were to go next year or uh, or even run down his contract, which is out of the question at the moment. So uh, they understand what's going on. There's uh, the obvious uh, information coming out of Spain, mostly, that uh, Real Madrid feel that they've come quite far uh, when it comes to convincing him. But uh, they also caution against the view that this is a done deal because Dortmund and Real Madrid have not yet started negotiations. And we know from Dortmund that their valuation is very, very high. They want uh, something like 150 million euros. At least that's the starting position. I don't think they'll settle for anything below 100 to 120 million euros. I think that's the absolute minimum. And Real Madrid now will have to see if they can make that happen. In the background, there's still like clubs like City, who, of course, admire the player, but um, I think might not be in a position to push this too much because of the uh, progress that Real Madrid have made. And Liverpool, as you said, have um, quite openly really uh, talked about the fact that they are not in the market for him uh, at this point. 
The valuation, I think, by Dortmund has proved it, uh, prohibitive, especially in a season that they need to invest not just in one key player, but uh, in at least three, in my view, to give that depth and that strength that you need in, in midfield and maybe one or two defensive positions. So it's just uh, not the player that uh, it's the player that wanted, but not at that price. So that's where we are. Yeah, which makes sense. And I'm sure you'll probably know has been one of the, the sagas and disappointments for Liverpool fans in recent times as well. So yeah, another one to keep a, a watching brief of. And you mentioned about sort of the numbers you need. I think that the majority of Liverpool fans will agree that it's a, a three minimum in the midfield area. And that probably links us to Bayern Munich, sort of the, the most famous, the most renowned club within Germany, who almost in the, the news quite a bit in the UK recently with the, the developments maybe off the pitch as much as anything with Thomas Tuchel, the Oliver Kahn situation and things that, that are going on there. I mean, the Bundesliga looks like it's got a really exciting title race. It's, it's right to talk about. I mean, it, it could really go neck and neck with, with Dortmund. Is, is the smart money still on Bayern, would you say, or is it still all to play for? Well, it's only one point with three games to go, so there's there's not much room for error. Um, I think people still believe that Bayern are in a better position because they are likely to drop too many points. Uh, Dortmund have been very strong in the second half of the season, uh, but they've had that draw against Bochum, which really hurt their chances mm-hmm. 10 days ago. So it's still Bayern's to lose. Um, the next game against Schalke on paper looks like an easy one. But Schalke are resurgent themselves. So let, let's see. It's it's hard to make too many predictions because we've seen so many changes at the top of the table. I think seven times the lead has changed already this season, which shows you how neck neck and neck to neck this this race has been. Wow, yeah. And with it being Schalke, maybe even Seth van der Berg, our boy on low, might have a chance or a, a small say in the matter. Who knows? I mean, transfer-wise, the, the biggest name that, that's been linked to ourselves from Bayern is Ryan Gravenberch, the Dutch midfielder that, interestingly, depending on how it's been painted in the UK, he's been linked heavily with us that, you know, we're really keen on a move for him. But it's not been the greatest time in Bayern, it seems to be fair to say. But there's talk about will Tuchel or the, you know, a new coach change that. Is there any sort of talk in Germany that Gravenberch is a serious option for Liverpool? Because we've almost seen the other model that, or the other the method, it's fair to say, Bayern saying he's not for sale, they've no interest in parting with the player. Is that the sort of the messages that are coming out of Germany for him? Yeah, absolutely. He's only there for um, 10 months now. Uh, of course, he expected to play more. He's very ambitious, but he's still only 19. And Bayern are very, I think, I think that's right. Uh, and Bayern are very reluctant to let him go. So uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for Liverpool to to get him. Uh, of course, uh, the player um, and his people have have listened to our offers. Have, have seen if there's any any way of um, getting more game time. And Liverpool are a hugely appealing uh, potential move, but I don't see Bayern um, sanctioning that. Uh, Bayern have two midfielders that are kind of starters in Kimmich and Gretzka. But Gravenberg is very much the third one. Uh, Sabitzer couldn't get into the team, which is why he's on loan at uh, Man United. Thomas Tuchel might still want to add. 
Uh, one player, Konrad Leimer, is coming as well from uh, Leipzig next season. So competition will be high, but I think Bayern are going to be very, very reluctant to to let Gravenberg go. Yeah, which would make sense. They heralded as a, a top talent for, for many years through that Ajax Academy. And yeah, even as you mentioned, Leimer, a player that we were linked with and we were apparently interested in a fair while ago before he made that decision of Munich. And one player that we do want to talk about, a, a Liverpool legend, really, Sadio Mane, that he went, you know, with all our, our well wishes, all our blessings. But it, this may be the, the wrong thing to say, Raphael, but it almost seems like it's turning into a bit of a nightmare at Bayern for him. We've seen the recent incident in the Champions League with Leroy Sané and even sort of murmurings that we've seen in the UK that, Bayern might well sanction a move for him even this summer. Is it, is that too dramatic? Is it unfair to say it's been a bit of a nightmare? Or do you think Sadio Mane's time in Munich might be a short one? Nightmare might be a bit too strong, but certainly a disappointing uh, move. Uh, Bayern thought that he's going to make a huge difference, that uh, not only he's going to perform, score lots of goals, but also make everyone around him more better, more consistent, uh, with a strong mentality. And it basically hasn't happened. Uh, whenever he has played, he's been okay at best, uh, but he hasn't been a positive factor. I think around him, uh, the players haven't seemed to be able to get inspired by him necessarily. It, it looks more like uh, everyone's dropped a level um, in attack this season. And I'm sure that if a big offer were to come in, Bayern would listen because he just hasn't been the player that they thought he would be. Um, yeah, not not necessarily a nightmare, but certainly um, for both parties, I think slightly uh, unsatisfactory uh, development. They, they each thought that uh, they're going to have a lot more fun together this season. Which is a shame. And yeah, we've all got fingers crossed that it works out for Sadio, whichever way, long term. And other Bundesliga links we've seen recently, and again, apologies for any mispronunciations here, but the two that names that keep coming up are Jesper Lindstrom at Eintracht and Manu Kome at Munchen Gladbach. Have you heard anything around those? Is there anything Liverpool fans should be excited about for those two at all? I haven't heard uh, their names being mentioned uh, as far as the move is concerned, but that that is not to say that Liverpool might not be interested. Uh, they're slightly different players. Uh, Kone is um, is a very skillful, uh, very strong, but also very intelligent um, box-to-box player. Uh, perfect for Liverpool's system, but perhaps not so much of a holding player if they were looking for somebody to replace Fabinho. Uh, I'm not sure he is necessarily the one-to-one a player for that. And Lindstrom is a much more attacking player. Um, can play on the wings, can play as a number 10, very skillful in small spaces. Um, don't necessarily see where he would fit in in the existing 4-3-3 setup, uh, unless they wanted to change it a little bit. Um, so yeah, Kone is a guy that attracts a lot of a lot of attention because uh, he uh, fits the bills for many people looking for that kind of presence in midfield. Um, especially with the, the legs that Liverpool perhaps haven't really had uh, at times this season. But um, not a replacement for Fabinho, not a one-to-one replacement anyway. Which is actually, I think, a, a very fair assessment. Legs has been the uh, 
the question mark around our midfield and that area especially, so that's good to know. And probably the, the other question to ask, that the Bundesliga players, we're seeing quite a, a few in the, the news again, apologies for my pronunciation, but I think Moani at Frank, Frankfurt's the, the one that keeps coming up. Is there any other sort of Bundesliga stars or talents you think could be coming to the Premier League or Liverpool or anyone we should be keeping an eye out on transfer-wise at all? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Oh, I mean, there's there's many. There's, there's quite a few. I think Florian Wirtz is probably the hottest prospect, but he will stay another year, I think. Um, but in that Leverkusen team, you have players like Amin Adli, a French under 21 uh, player, really good. And Moussa Diaby, he's got a huge following in the Premier League, lots of clubs interested in him. Again, I don't think he, these are players that will fit Liverpool's needs. I think Liverpool are looking in different positions. But uh, yeah, we will see one or two very high profile moves in the Bundesliga, no, uh, no doubt. Uh, uh, let's see if Liverpool can uh, get involved as well. Brill. And the the final question, and it may be a short answer, but we love how Jabby Alonso's doing great guns at Leverkusen. Possible Klopp replacement in two or three years. Do you think that's possible potentially? I think in two or three years, Xavi Alonso can probably walk into any club he wants. I think he's going to be wow. so highly regarded as a coach On in addition to his... A fantastic record as a, as a player. Uh, you've seen already at Leverkusen the influence he's had, the, the style, the panache, the, the clarity, the charisma. I think he ticks so many boxes that uh, clubs will be queuing up, if not already this summer, but certainly in a couple of years' time. Uh, let's see if it uh, the timing will be right. Uh, it could be a very interesting prospect for Liverpool. Yeah, I think it, it's a dream scenario for us, Red. So, yeah, we'll see in a few years where it is. But... All it really leads me to say is, Raphael, thank you very much for your time and your insight. It is greatly appreciated for giving that up. So thank you again. You're welcome. Brilliant. And that, ladies and gents, is another Media Matters. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.